0: Let us pray, O Christ of the Epiphany, show yourself to us, and show us the gifts that you have given us to place at your feet for your use. We pray this in your holy name, amen. Please be seated. So when did the Magi finally make it to the place where Jesus and Mary and Joseph were staying? Was it 12 days after Jesus' birth? Was it two years? Long enough, I think, to trade Luke's stable for Matthew's house. But not quite long enough to be out of Bethlehem. Still findable on a biblical road map. Now in the same way, Our epiphany readings have landed in kind of a strange spot on the calendar this year, not quite the twelfth day of Christmas, but somewhere thereabouts. The official day of the epiphany on the Western calendar is January 6th. Next Sunday, we dive into Jesus' baptism. And between this story and that, there is the hot pursuit by Herod, the slaughter Of the holy innocence the flight of the holy family into egypt years of hiding and that cheeky visit to the temple in jerusalem when jesus was 12. but before that in matthew's gospel at least we have the magi the eastern astrologers Now, am I the only one who, as a child, thought that they were from a place called Orient R, like the R in Toys R Us? As though somewhere in Asia there was an Orient A through Q? Perhaps that's what we get for taking our scripture stories from songs, rather than from the original Greek. But wherever these guys were from, they come bearing a good story. For transitional moments, liminal spaces, for threshold times, which I think is what we're in right now. Today's gospel arrives just as we are taking our first tentative steps out of this last indescribable year and into the hopefully better one stretching out ahead of us we can try to put 2020 behind us, and yet it would be unforgivably foolish to ignore the lessons of this year in political leadership, public health and well-being, racial justice, and in our faith. After this year, hindsight will always be 2020. It's a watershed year, as they say. But I think that this epiphany gospel has a lot in it that can help us get across. Now, a little later on in the gospel, Jesus will say, Wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And since treasure figures so prominently in the story of the epiphany, I want to start there. The story of the Magi asks, what treasure have we hauled out of 2020 to bring to the Christ child for his use? Where do our hearts lie right now? And that got me thinking about you all, dear church, about what I have treasured most about you in this past year, as scattered as we may be. And here's what I saw. I saw your compassion for others in this time of pandemic. A 100th birthday party in a downpour. Weekly collections of home-baked goods and 300 pies at Thanksgiving. The pastoral care and support that you offer over the phone and socially distant walks by your availability to one another and the wider community. I saw the ways that you have taken this ugly time and made it beautiful. Handmade notes for residents of Cathedral Village. The creation of beautiful meditative spaces, outdoor spaces right here on our grounds where people could pray and just be and the decorating and painting of rooms in Hillary House so a family could live there while they attended to their hospitalized infants at CHOP. Your willingness to set candles adrift in a pond at Pastorius Park to welcome the light of Christ. I saw all the in-person encounters that you set aside so that others could be safe. Praying and singing together in worship and gathering together to talk and to learn. Hugs and touches as a sign of peace. Visits with family and friends set aside. And I saw what you picked up and put on so that others could be safe. Masks and hand sanitizer and computer skills, including internet-based prayer and worship and learning patience and forbearance and I saw your fierce and determined efforts for justice and social transformation to remove false leaders respond to ongoing racial wounding to battle economic and medical disparities to bring peace and understanding in the face of violent upheaval that's what I saw where did these treasures come from what was the source of this love this perseverance this beauty well I think it comes from the continuous gift exchange that is our relationship with one another as the body of Christ and our relationship with the wider world around us and with that vulnerable God in a manger And in this, I'm reminded less of the majestic offerings of the Magi's casks than more of a white elephant sale or white elephant exchange like my in-laws prefer. Gifts repurposed, recrafted, cunningly packaged with good humor and sly wit, a $20 bill tucked among the lottery tickets, or a gift card taped to the scented candles. Yet we can also take a page from the Magi's book, from the gifts that they brought to the Holy Family. Now our retellings can make them spiritually symbolic and rather strange. Gold for a king, incense for a god, burial perfume for one who would be hurriedly entombed after his execution. That's what you hear if you sing all the verses of We Three Kings of Orient Are." But more practically, the wise visitors gifted the Holy Family with spending money and precious medicinal resins. Frankincense and myrrh weren't just expensive incense. They were medicine. Something to remember as we begin 2021 with the knowledge that the people made even more vulnerable from this pandemic will need these very things money and medicine and they will die at greater number in this new year if they don't receive them in time over and over the pandemic has asked us and will ask us where our hearts lie and how will we use the gifts of our power as disciples of jesus and citizens of a democracy Now, another bit of wisdom from the Epiphany story is what it says about following. There are choices to be made, the story says. We can follow the signs that reveal the presence of Christ, or we can choose to ignore them. We can follow the path of Herod and Caesar, or we can leave by another route. We can follow the dreams that speak to us about our deepest desires for God and for the well-being of God's world or we can dismiss them as impractical and foolish. Whom will we follow this year? If it's Jesus, what are we willing to set down and what are we willing to pick up in order to be his disciples? because following that baby into adulthood will require us to invest our treasure in very practical and world-changing things, to heal systems that have been years in the breaking, to bring good news of safety and health and economic stability to vulnerable people. Following Jesus and living into the covenant to be God's people is not simply a spiritual practice, but a political, a political, economic, and moral one as well. Finally, the epiphany story hides a parable about the cost of discipleship. It reminds me of this story from John Shea. A king had two servants. One was very obedient and did whatever he was told, no matter how unpleasant. The other had a tendency towards insubordination and disagreed with the king one too many times. So the disobedient servant was fired, stripped of his privileges, cast into the streets to fend for himself. He was lucky to get away with his life. Years later, the first servant got to thinking about his foolish colleague, whatever had become of him. He made some inquiries and sought him out and finally found him living in a crude hut under very reduced circumstances, eating a bowl of thin soup. The obedient servant was filled with scorn. If you had learned to obey the king, you would not have to eat thin soup, he said. At which the former servant lifted his head, looked the man in the eye and said, If you had learned to eat thin soup, you would not have to obey the king. Or as Matthew would put it, wherever your treasure is, there your heart lies. May our hearts know the joy, the strength, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in this new year. Amen.